It's all connected. This is the RussJohnson.com podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Y'all. It's Russ Johnson. It's all connected at RussJohnson.com podcast. Thank you once again for listening. And today's a special day for me. It's my very first interview. And we had a doozy of a conversation. One of my favorite topics is spirituality, supernatural, paranormal, all the invisible stuff is what I'm interested in. I'm not an expert in these areas, but man, I have a lot of interest in them and I want to know more. And Mike, he's the real deal. He is a recently retired engineer with the Department of Defense. He rose up into the Freemasons and became the Grand Mason in the Washington, D.C. area. He claims to be a left-brain thinker, trying to help those who are also left-brain to understand the spiritual realm a little clearer. And he has a podcast called The Soul Unleashed. So let's get into it with Mike Nicholas. You know what's funny is I don't even know what this is going to become. I don't know what we're going to talk about. We have a lot of uh, topics that we have in interest. Um, You are going to be the first aired interview that I do. And you describe yourself as a left brain thinker. What does that mean? And is there such a thing? (laughs) That's my whole thing is the soul unleashes about helping left brainers come to a, a, to grapple with the awakening of our soul. I, I believe there is such a thing as a left brain, right brain. Although I've done a little bit of study on it and there are scientists that disagree that there is such a dominance in our, in our heads. But can I just tell you a quick story, which leads me to explain the whole right brain, left brain sure. thing? Yeah, absolutely. Years ago, I was stationed in the Army in Fort Polk, Louisiana, and my father came to visit. My parents did, and he he and I were going to do something together. I was probably in my early 30s, and we were putting a piece of furniture together, and uh, it was a table, these two tables for our backyard, and I had one, he had one, and we started putting it together and I pulled out everything and laid out all the nuts and bolts and compared it to the instructions. I'm a big instruction reader. I made sure that all the parts were there and read through the instructions a couple times. And I look over at him and he's, he's looking at me like I'm a moron or something. He said, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> He'd already assembled the thing twice, uh, both times wrong, but he, all he did was pull it out and look at the picture and start putting it together. He found bolts that, that 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 he didn't need. He went into my bolt bin in the garage and got some additional bolts, and he put it together the way he wanted to put it together. But my father is a right brainer. He he just uses pictures and and those same. kind of things. He I'm doesn't need very much the same. Get it from my dad. So it's that's how you that are. You, yeah, I'm exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, see, I'm a left brainer, and I, I left brainers to me are very organized, methodical. Yeah. Uh, structured. Um, my background, as you've already mentioned a little bit, is engineer, military, project manager, and everything's always very structured to me. And so I, that's how I do things. And it's funny, I didn't get many of his genes, but I certainly didn't get that one. He could fix anything and do anything. But I think if the world was all right brainers, we'd still be playing in the mud, admiring each other's <laughs> tattoos or something. Um, left brainers, you know, plan things and, and build things, and right brainers have all the all the beautiful ideas and they appreciate music and and uh, they uh i mean I, I love music but i i just i need things to be planned and methodical I'm, I'm all about schedules and charts and i've had to kind of break out of that with the spiritual awareness thing and the reason it applies to spirituality is because 
we don't, we being left brainers, think all this stuff is uh, nonsense or la la land or woo woo stuff. And I've had a hard time approaching friends that I have about this subject for that reason. They, they, uh, like me did not appreciate it. And that's how I was until this whole thing happened to me after the death of our son. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What this thing, this is such an interesting story. Well, I refer to it as orbs, but, uh, our son passed in March 28th on March 28th, 2020. It was the start of the start of the pandemic, really, right? Everything was really starting to shut down. Then we didn't see him the last couple of weeks of his life. When he did pass, uh, he suffered from liver disease, and so he passed. He went to a coma and then passed away in an emergency room, uh, ICU in a hospital. Mm. But we uh, couldn't have a funeral for him or anything. We had his body cremated, kept his urn in the house because you couldn't do anything in 2020. And I was really having a very difficult time with the grief part of it, as was my wife. And one day I went to hit some golf balls. I hadn't done it since he got sick. It was a big thing that he and I did together. And I was suffering so much that I was crying as I was hitting the ball. I couldn't do it. Left all the balls, walked away, came home. And like any true left-brainer, I had a list of things I wanted to do that day. And one of those was to put up a couple Amazon Blink cameras and so I, I put a camera up outside, put a camera in our dining room, and went to bed. And about 20 minutes past midnight, it was this was actually the morning of May 18th. I remember the date exactly, because I, st- I still have the camera, the film of all this. May 18th, my, my phone pinged. It was right next to my head on the side of the bed. And I jumped up. I didn't even know what the sound was, because I, I it, everything was just set up default-wise. Looked at it and said, hey, uh, there's an alarm on your camera in the dining room. I thought, holy mackerel, I just put this thing in, and now I'm, <laughs> the first thing that's happening is somebody's breaking into our back door, our sliding glass door is what it was pointed towards. So I jumped up, started getting dressed. I don't know to do what, but <laughs> I had the phone in my hand. I just pushed the most obvious button on it, and it showed the 10-second clip of what it recorded. And what that clip was is a glowing, round thing it uses IR light. It, the room was dark, right? So the camera was using infrared. And this glowing thing started right where my son's head would have been had he been sitting at the dining room table where he normally sat with us. And it just blinked, floated across the room and off off the camera. And I was stunned, rooted to the spot. I, I couldn't, I knew right away that it had something to do with him. So that, that's what started. Like, you know, I've heard uh, some people have said these are like um, bugs or raindrops, stuff like that? Well, it's funny you should ask because I'm an engineer, right? So I had to test it. <laughs> so so that happened once and then woke my wife up. We couldn't get to sleep. It didn't happen again until about two days later, happened again. A couple days later, happened again. What It started happening every night, not every night, but every other night or so about midnight. And we would stay up waiting for it to happen. So the nights it didn't happen, my wife and I would be awake till one, two in the morning, you know, in anticipation because we, we were looking for this. I finally said, my son's name is Matthew. I finally said out loud one night, Matt, you got to knock this off, buddy, because your mom and I are not getting any sleep. If you're going to do this, do it, please, before we go to bed. Like 11 o'clock would be nice. Is that asking too much? Well, well what happened was they stopped and I was, I was beside myself, right? I thought, oh, geez, I ticked off Matt or I ticked off God or 
whatever this was. Um, and then it started, it stopped for about two weeks. And then I realized I could actually look for them by accident. I was setting my cameras up one night and I actually hit live view, which I didn't even know it had. And I saw an orb and I thought, holy cow, I can do this on purpose. So mm. I started this process of actually looking for them. And and then I, 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 I was fascinated. I got different cameras, you know, Amazon blink comes in these little black outdoor types. That's what I had. I bought the indoor kind. I bought multiple different cameras, set them up the same place, all the same are these thing. Similar to ring cameras, they are. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, they're they're tiny. They're about the size of a pack of cigarettes or smaller. Yeah. Not that anybody knows what that is anymore. And um, hmm. they same thing. I tried different phones. I wrote to the Amazon engineers. I wrote to Amazon. I sent them a clip and I said, "What do you guys think this is? What is this camera doing?" And they were kind enough to write back and they said. Hey, buddy, we, we don't know what that is, but it's weird. But w- your camera alerts on IR light and movement, and that's obviously what it's picking up. And then I went to the internet, and I found pictures of orbs. I didn't find any videos on the internet, but I found people that are really into pictures of orbs. A lady named uh, Sherry, I can't remember her last name, but she has a or- website called orbsarereal.com. And so I wrote to her, and I said, Sherry, can I send you something and take a look at it? And she said, Yes, but I need to warn you, people send me stuff all the time. It's usually dust or insects or rain or whatever. And I said, I'd be happy to do it. And I sent it to her and she emailed me back like within an hour saying, this is highly unusual. It's, in my opinion, definitely something paranormal. And, you know, that was it. I Did it make any sound? No, no sound. How would you describe what the orb was made of? It's translucent, um, mostly. They blink. They're all different. I've I've come to believe, Russ, that these orbs, for lack of a better term, represent some type of consciousness, and they the difference among them represents different personalities. So some blink, some are slow, some are graceful, some ping around, some go around in loops. Um, I have so this one. was not the same orb each time. Oh no, oh. no, they're all. They're all how all long when when you would see the orb? How long would it hang around? Um, they all move, so they would it would just pass through the view of the camera. Oh. I mean, it went from being one to sometimes now I see hundreds. Um, it 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 depends. I found out that they travel with us. You know, these little cameras are portable, so I just on a whim you know continuing to experiment i took a camera with me on, on a hotel trip it's actually a motorcycle trip and i was in a motel six someplace out in the midwest orbs have no ego by the way they show up everywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> so motel six there were orbs uh hilton orbs uh can you tell them what to do or it's just you're an observer i'm i'm a observer sometimes sometimes i'm a participant i i, I found out that we found out that we could sit at a table, look at ourselves. We have to look through the camera to see them, right? Cause you're actually looking through, you have to look at your phone to see them. Cause you're actually looking through the camera. Wow. They, uh, bounce off of us. I had one bop me on the head one time. I tried giving them high five. Sometimes they come and hit, go through my hand. A couple of wow. times they've come out of my palm, which is weird. They kind of surprised me. Holy. Um, when was the last time you saw one? New Year's Eve. Uh, I was babysitting. Um, they stopped. They st- after Marianne, my wife, after she fell, 
we would do this almost every night. We would pray first and ask for guidance and ask for protection because we were told by some other folks we respect to make sure that we're looking at the right stuff in the right people, the right place. Um, and they stopped after she fell and, um, I didn't see them in the house anymore. I, I would pray and ask for them, nothing. And then I was, uh, babysitting a dog sitting actually, uh, with, for my sons after Christmas. And I took the camera over there and, and, uh, they were there every night I'd turn them on and they were in their, his house. Um, I did a little experiment there because I, and I've done this before, but I wanted to make sure it wasn't like dander from the dog. Right. And so I put the dog outside. I went down the basement, had the camera set up in their dining room in the dark and I could look at it with my phone and there was nothing there. And so I decided to walk upstairs while looking at the phone. Sure enough, when I got up to the dining room, they started showing up and appearing and, uh, hundreds of them there. I don't, they were, it was really like a homecoming almost. Then I let the dog in, you know, and I thought he might be able to see them, but he, he didn't react in any special way. Some people told me dogs can see orbs. Um, but yeah, I, I saw hundreds of them. Would you say, you think this is, you said you believe it's consciousness of some sort. Do you think it's a consciousness that's stuck in between uh, realms or something like that? No, I've come to, <clears throat> I've come to believe or think that it was to wake me up. That was the whole purpose. Yeah. Initially, I was fascinated by what, what it was and trying to figure it out and, and who it is and what's the message. And I, 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 this led me to mediums and it led me to all kinds of things that I would have thought were weird and la-la land Let's stuff. talk about that. What was your experience like with the medium? Awesome. Amazing. What happened? <laughs> First of all, I, I, I was trying to figure out what the orbs were. And so... This was during COVID. This was in September of 2020, our first medium. And my wife and I went to see her, and she let us come into her office. We were both masked up. Just some amazing things that happened uh, sitting across from her. Lisa Boslett was her name. And she she was, uh, I didn't know what to expect from medium. I, I thought there would be candles and, uh, you know, chicken drippings and blood on the floor or whatever. I, right. it, it was very cool. It was just couple candles she was very laid back and she told us things that you know only she would know um i've seen now probably seven eight nine mediums uh the most what do you you get from that i mean um well do you are you bringing back something this of real value or is it just insights about what might or what will happen or has happened the, the biggest thing for us was validation that it was somebody really talking with our son one medium in particular told us she she started describing to me the way that i touched my son's face as he died now nobody nobody knew that nobody would ever know that and we we were in a hospital with him in a icu they disconnected him from all the life support systems he was on he was in a coma and the one nurse left, and that was during COVID, right? So most of the ICU was full of COVID patients, so there was nobody up there that could have even watched us if they cared to, just my wife and I. And I, I touched his face in a way that I used to do when he was a little boy, when he was like three or four years old, uh, to put him to sleep. And the medium started telling me this, and she had no idea what she was describing to me, and I started crying. And, I, and she said, I, I'm just describing what I'm feeling, and I said that, you're describing something that only he would know. And that's amazing. 
you know, so for us, it, it was validation that there is something beyond this life. It's, I mean, it's life changing for me. It's, it's obviously because we're talking, but it's changed my life to to have proof in the form of not only the orbs but also the medium experience that there's there's so much we don't understand that there is something to be hopeful for after after death. You, you have photos and videos of this somewhere of the orbs. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've got like a thousand. They're on can my I, website. Can you send me one right now? Um, if you go, are you able to go on to, uh, to the web? Yeah, let's do it. Just, just go to MikeNicholas.com. I've got four, four of the, uh, videos up there. The first one, and then a couple other crazy ones. And just so anyone that is also typing this in, it's M-I-K-E-N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S.com. Yes, sir. And I want to put them up there so that, you know, people could, could look at this and, I'm sure there's going to be skeptics that that say this is you know it's not yeah not something yeah. unusual. I'm excited to see it. I'm on your page now. Where do I go? Okay, go to paranormal videos. There you go, top of the page. That that was a phrase that the web people suggested I use to separate it from normal videos. Okay, let me zoom in here. The very first video there says security camera footage of the first orb. Look at that thing. That's that's a solid orb, man. It's like the sun shining. Yeah, it's uh, wow. and then you see the second, the second one. You see the texture yep. in the orb. I the sure do. Large picture. So I've I've had that blown up because I was trying to figure out what the heck is in it. Um, that that thing was blinking, and that was that was something inside of that. I don't know what it was, but that's another video. That's just a screen grab from the video. It's solid. What color do you think this is? Well, because it's infrared, it's just shades of white and gray. So everything's white. The orbs are all white. Man. I'm not sure how you would describe that. I can see your fascination about how in the world. <laughs> that is, that's definitely not a bug. No, it's not it's, a water drip. I mean. Uh, if, if you look at yeah. the, um, the one down further, the test of the orbs on New Year's Eve, this is with me and Ozzy the Wonder Dog. So this, that's the most recent one, and that's where I do the test. Guide me back again. I, I'm, I was distracted looking at this thing. It's Just go further down on the same, the same page. It's another video that says, A Test of the Orbs on New Year's Eve. Okay. Yeah. This is the one I was telling you about where I was downstairs in the basement, and I come up. You're jamming out. Well, I know that. <laughs> you know, I put the radio on on purpose because I wanted people to know that it was live. I wasn't. Ah, um, I think it's country music that I had on. How far in does it when I actually see something? Um, I would just jump jump forward to uh, about one one forty one fifty. Here you come into the room. Are you looking for it on your camera no, right now? You see me. I'm looking. I'm looking through my phone at the camera, which is pointed towards me. I bet you're addicted to your phone. <laughs> Never put that thing down. I'm gonna come back and look at this. But this is you know one thing that I would I would also want to tell you was in an effort to figure out what this was. I first went to my religion, my faith. Right, I was raised Catholic, and somebody I respect said, "Hey, you should probably go talk to a priest about this." And of course, I so I said, "Great." And he knew a priest at Catholic University uh, at the Dominican House of Studies there, a Dominican priest. And so I I sent. That priest, uh, Father Paul, was his name. Uh, copy of the video, one of the videos, early videos, 
And I went to meet him. And again, this was during COVID and we we're both masked up in this beautiful ornate library, you know, Catholic university. And I said, father, what, what should I do? What do you think? And he said, I, I don't know what this is, but uh, here, and he hands me a book, the Catholic catechism, uh, like this two inch thick book, which parts of which I had memorized when I was in like first and second grade, but he didn't know, <laughs> he didn't know either. And And then what is the purpose? I'm not familiar with this book. The Catholic Catechism is, you know, why did God make me? Who is God? It, it's 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 the all the what we believe as Catholics. So he he was in fear. He didn't he didn't like the sound of this at all. So then I went to two other guys I thought were pretty cool. These are two priests at Georgetown University, uh, two men whom we consider friends. Uh, they they're both heads of departments at Georgetown. Very they're Jesuits, very smart guys, and we were up at. Uh, the beach up in New Jersey, my sister-in-law's home there. And they were spending the weekend and we went for this long walk on the boardwalk. And my wife and I told them all about the experience and got back to the house and I showed them the videos and a couple of ones where they're everywhere. I said, father, what, what do you think? And he said, they both looked at each other and they said, we, we have no clue what this is, but we know this great exorcist that can probably help you out and get rid of them. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> What was your response? We were, we were both like, no, you know, thank you. We, we love <laughs> this. We look forward to this. It gives us comfort. Right. We don't want to try to get right. You have an affinity. Yeah, we don't think it's thing. evil. So. Right. So can, if you walk up to it, well, uh, you said it bonked you upside the head. It, it, would it move out of your way? Is it conscious that you're generally they come through us, but there's not the, the very last video on that page is an orb bops me on the head. It's only a uh, 10 seconds long. In that video, um, there's an orb that... Let me go look at that one. All right, here we go. Let me watch that. (laughs) (laughs) What was funny about that, we were were sitting there waiting for it. Sometimes we pray and we wait, right? I said something stupid like, you know, Matt, let's get on with this, buddy. And out of nowhere, that orb comes and bops me in the head. I didn't feel anything, (laughs) but I saw it through my phone. I started laughing. let me watch this one more time. Now that would be one of those that that someone might say it was a, a, a fly or something. Yeah, I get it. Right, because you can see when because you go back and you see it go back across. It almost looks like it could have been a, a fly or something. So I could see why people would be skeptical. But all, at, when you add up everything else you've seen, I mean, when you look at that first picture, man, I mean that that one is just like, oh my goodness, who in the paranormal world has seen these photos? Only uh, the lady Sherry that I've sent it to. I mean, part of the reason why I put it on the website now, this this has only been up for a couple of days, is because I, I want to figure out a way to share it so that people that might know more about this, if you search on the internet for orb videos, there's a couple of people that also manage to capture things on cameras that they don't know what it is, but nothing I've seen like this. So I'm hoping that somebody that is smarter than me or has more experience can... I'm having, it may be a false memory. I'm having that there is a website though, that I ran across recently, not necessarily with orbs, but with, um, paranormal stuff in general. So I'll, I'll try to remember that Mike and get it back to you. And if I find it, I'll put it also in the description. Okay. Yeah. This is fascinating. What, what I didn't want to do, Russ, was go down the rabbit hole of having, you know, paranormal investigators come and check it out and wire my house. And I, I will tell you that I did buy a camera from a place called ghost stoppers. And, you know, I tried to set up multiple cameras to get different views of the same thing happening in this room. Um, 
I, I can't do multiple phones because only one phone at a time can be connected to the camera. But I, I had this other ghost stopper camera and I, I did specific motions with my hand or my body so I could time them when I turned them both on. I can tell you that I saw nothing on the other camera. So that's when I went to the Amazon guys and tried to figure out what frequency it was using in terms of IR light frequency. Maybe only specific frequencies of infrared light can pick up the orbs. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, what'd you find out? Well, nothing, nothing. that's very helpful. Um, it'd probably take a lot more money <laughs> to fit, you know, to, to buy different cameras. You have an EMF meter. I, I have, um, those kind of like ghost hunting things that you can get that, yeah, that, uh, I, I guess under have, have you ever you, tried that? I have. They got, got little lights that light up on them. Yeah. yeah. Any success? Yeah, I've seen them light up, but um, you know they started lighting up like crazy whenever my phone was near them, and I have to have the phone on to see the camera, right? Ah. So I realized that the phone was causing it to go crazy, and so um, then I tried putting it across the room where I could see it. I I did get light or activity on it, but I don't know how accurate those kind of things are did you try recording audio like when you know a lot of these ghost hunters in particular they'll, they'll have these um voice recorders yeah well the camera picks up audio um if you uh, all these have audio to them usually it's mary and i talking or praying before but but like that very first one that you see has audio on it the one where it glides across the room there's audio on that yeah. video, and all, all you hear is just a roar, kind of, which is the uh, the sound of the room. But I've never picked up any any weird stuff. Wild stuff. Yeah, very wild. So anyway, this this led me to a lot of strange things, Russ. You know, the mediums, uh, the past life regression. Uh, that's why I was willing to try the astrology that you <laughs> you recommended. Um, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's but let's talk about your past life regression first. What what was your experience there? My my past life regression experience was not all that satisfactory to me, honestly. I wanted to do it in person, so I went to a lady uh, nearby in Manassas, Virginia, and uh, she, it was during towards the end of COVID. So I, I went to the place there. They put you under kind of hypnosis, but really it's just like a, almost a deep meditation type exercise. And it's, it's almost like a guided meditation. And, it, and then you, she, t- she takes you back you know, to your early life and early memories. The thing for me is I'm not sure how much of it was me and how much it was really something that was you know, really past life regression. Yeah. And you know, that's what people that do this stuff say that you have to get over. Yeah. You have to wrap your head around it. Or stop resisting that portion <laughs> of it, and it's hard. I mean, it's really hard not to. She told, she told me just just say what the first thing is that you think or that you see. And I said, okay, great. So so what I saw when we got to the really deep part of this was I was, you know, they have you look at your feet first. What are you wearing? Your feet or shoes, whatever. So I described I was wearing bare feet and ragged pants, and I was in France in like the 1600s, and I described my family being killed as part of a war there. And I, I have no idea where all this stuff was coming from. Right. Were you, you, there were no pictures going on in your head. You were just, the words were coming out of your mouth. There was, there was pictures in my head. Yeah. I know I, I was describing stuff that I was seeing in my head. 
But so would you say that you were making it up as if you're writing a well, movie or something? I wasn't sure whether how much of it was a combination of Les Miserables and, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, different. I mean, I'm a history buff, so I've studied all kinds of all kinds of wars in Europe, and um, I'd also seen a movie about um, another medium who's in front in France in the 1700s. Anyway, I was I was describing, you know, a set from Les Miserables almost, and that's that's what i'm not sure about how much it was was real or how much of it was although i got emotional describing it to her i was i was like there were tears in my face which was really freaking me out wow. and i was describing my family and, and she said well go into the house i said i don't want to go into the house she said why not i said because that's where my family was killed i don't want to go in there she goes i want you to go and just describe the rooms to me so i went into the house and i described the rooms and and she took me you know like 20 years later advanced me and I was living in a city someplace and still in France. And I had a wife then, an another wife. And she asked me if anybody looked familiar to me in that life that I know in this life. And I said, yes, that my wife in that regressed life looked or reminded me of my sister in this life. <clears throat> and I have no idea where all, this, where all that was coming from. That is so crazy. I've heard a lot of stories like that, though, uh, you know. It can get really funky when you start talking about, you know, uh, you were your mother's father yeah. or something like yeah. that at some it point. Freaks, it freaked me out. And and then she takes you to the, you know, it, then I was dead. You know, she took me further uh, further along and I was having a kind of in-between lives experience. And she, I described to her the lessons that I had learned from that life. And uh, I have a, it's all recorded and everything, but I, I want to do it again. What did you get out of it then? If you if you didn't if you're not sure if it was real, what did you get out of it? I'm seeking still validation that it's a real a real thing. Mm. Uh, I'm 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 still skeptical. I would like to believe that it's possible through hypnosis or through whatever they call this to experience an, an earlier life and lessons that you learned in that life, and that would validate for me what I've come to believe is that we have multiple shots at this incarnation on this planet. Uh, it's not, you're not one and done. What are you looking for? Um, I think just, just curiosity right now. Validation. I, I'd like to know that it's possible to do that. I, to do what? To, to experience uh, an earlier life. Ah. You know, during one of my uh, medium sessions, uh, a different medium, she, uh, she, my son came through, you know, and she was telling me about him. She, he's the one that told me to write my book. I'm still writing my book, but he described through her, uh, three past lives that I had had with him. And she said, well, you know, you, you guys have been together a long time. And she said, yeah, the last past life, you were both, uh, soldiers together. And she described riding with a guy with his hat pinned up on the side of his head and whatever. And I said, that sounds like the Rough Riders, <laughs> you know, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, she, and she she was describing Roosevelt to me, but she didn't know it was Roosevelt, or at least I interpreted it that way. So she said, yeah, you guys were together. You were both you were both riding together with uh, with Roosevelt and the Rough Riders. I thought that's pretty cool. And she said, he's telling me about another life where you were together, you know, during the Revolutionary War under George Washington. I said that was cool. She said, you have a lot of military experience you know in previous lives do you have any military experience in the, your current life she didn't know anything about 
my West Pointer Army stuff. And I said, yes, I do. And then she started laughing and she said, he, he's, your son's got a sense of humor. He's showing me a life that you guys had together back maybe the 13th or 14th century in Spain. And you're a flamingo dancer and he's really hot for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Yeah. So oh, was, this stuff gets so complicated. That was man. Funny. If this is real for real. I mean, you know, <laughs> it is. It's very, very wild. I love entertaining this type stuff though. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that we will get those answers in this body. And I guess that's the tough. And maybe you will. I mean, maybe the, the yearning for it will give you that answer if, if for nothing else for yourself. But man, God, I love this stuff. Even, you know, with Dolores Cannon, I know you're familiar yeah, with her and yeah. Jane Roberts. Man, the, the stories they tell, in particular Dolores Cannon, the way she would regress people. The, the wildest thing I heard about was about her regressing. It was over a thousand clients back to the moments before birth. And them describing what was going on just before the energies of future bodies to, to be living on the on the earth were planning their lives, things they wanted to learn. They were in like in school. Yeah. What's wild about this is that a lot of them were saying the exact same things, and they're very similar to what people have described during near death experiences. So, all of this stuff is just. I don't know. It's mind blowing. It's fascinating. It's like intriguing. You can't take your eyes off of it. I love this stuff. I, th I think your question though is right on target for left brain types like myself, which is what's the point? Why does it matter? Why do you care? Um, and, and I've asked myself that question and the conclusion I've come to is I, I want to know that this stuff is for real and the experience that I have have convinced me that it's for real. So I'm still seeking more validation, but what it brings to me is hope and comfort. And I, I no longer grieve over my son. I miss him, but I, I no longer grieve over him. And when I came very close, you already mentioned my wife to losing my wife, although I was, um, you know, emotionally upset about all that, I, I accepted, I had a whole different perspective than I did when my son was in the exact same position, um, that she was passing, that she was making her decision to do this. And that's what is in it for me is a much better understanding of the big picture and acceptance, uh, of, of life and death as just part of this whole plan. Do you have a different view now about what happens after death than you did before all of this? Oh, down? definitely. Definitely. I mean, I grew in what up way. Well, I, I lived my life believing that we were going to die. You have one shot at it, whether or not you're a baby that dies at age one, uh, or an adult that lives to 90, you got one shot at it. You die, you go before God, a, a man sitting on this throne and you're judged and you go either to heaven or to hell, or as Catholics believe, you know, you also go to, to a, a pit stop there, purgatory, where you hang out till you go to heaven, but <clears throat> That's it. That that was my belief in terms of what happens after we die. And I, I thought it was unfair, arbitrary, but it served to make me act the way that people wanted me to act, Correct. basically. Right? That's that's the whole plan, right? right? What about now? What do you think now? Now I believe that I, I don't believe in, in a hell now. I don't believe that hell is a place of eternal fiery damnation. 
Um, I believe that souls plan this life, and this is one of countless lives I have throughout all eternity. And we we keep growing as a soul and learning more. And our goal is to become eventually to the point where we're unified with the one spirit, the one God. We're part of God, but we're, but we're going through these experiences because we're part of Him, and uh, we're He's experiencing this through us. And uh, we get many shots at it. And in between lives, we we plan again. It's an adventure. We come back here again with many of the same souls or soul groups that we've experienced before, and and we do it again. And that that's what I believe now. That, that would have got me burned at the stake, not you know a couple hundred years. Oh yeah, ago. for sure. You and I both, because I mean, um, I think that most people fail to realize, and who can grasp this anyway? Eternity, you know in this body is just a glimpse and no matter what happens here and now throughout my entire life it keeps going on once the bodies drop you can't kill energy it only changes form it has to go somewhere without question in my mind that energy that is making this body run like a battery pure energy not plugged into anything has to go somewhere. Now, I'm not thoroughly convinced about what that is. I have very strong intuitions that tell me, but there's no way I can convince that to anyone else except for myself. I've accepted it for me, but for me to have to prove it to anybody else is an impossibility. So that's why this is so individual. And uh, yeah, I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head. This is eternity. Right, We keep doing this over and over again if we choose to or not. Maybe we don't. Maybe we go somewhere else. Who knows? But that energy doesn't just disappear because our bodies have decayed. What, what do you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, about the concept of hell, evil and hell? Well, I have a theory. Again, there's no way for anybody to know in this body. Maybe we will someday, but I don't believe it's been revealed, and I have yet to meet a person who truly uh, can convince me a thousand percent. But I'm, I'm in the high 90s convinced to myself that I see it like uh, I, I describe this in like colors, right? You have a positive end, you have a negative end, you have every shade of gray in between, right? Then if you look at it on the big sphere of things, there's actually layers of this energy. There's like towards the center of this thing is the strongest of energy and on the outer edges of this thing is weaker energy. So my theory is that the moment of death matters a lot. The, the state of mind we are in at the moment of death matters about where we land in the energy, the scheme of energy of this thing. But if I don't believe in a hell, I just believe there's a weaker energy, which some might call hell. But it's just that, and, and what's interesting to me, the way I saw it in the vision that I have, and you and I don't think we've discussed this, maybe we have. But I'd, I'd like to, if, if you have the time to explain it, because hopefully my podcast listeners will listen to this too. I'd love to hear what your, your thoughts are. So to me, it's like when, when that moment of death is, is so important about where you land on that scale, even the, the, your religion that you were brought up in to believe in. Right. It has, it's like a piece of the pie. It, the more people that believe a particular way makes the pie bigger. So the numbers of people who believe a certain way influence the collective, the rest of the religions. Each of them have their own influence, but 
they're all connected. And, and I think I'm getting off track here just a little bit because I'm looking at my bigger picture. And to see my diagram that I drew, you should listen to my first two or three podcasts that I have on my website where I fully explain this. But I didn't talk about the death part so much on that. the I believe that the, the energy of that moment of death, what you're thinking about, how mindful you are of God, whatever you call this thing in that moment of death matters about where you land in the, in the, I call it the pie, (laughs) the -hmm. outer edges of the pie. If you're not so mindful, you're going to land on the outer edges. But the way I saw it is that it's still fluid. Like now, sometimes we're more mindful of God in these bodies than we are other days. And so it's true when in the afterlife that energy doesn't get stuck on the outer edges, it's fluid. It can move back towards the center if it chooses to do so, but there's different layers of energy. Um, some good, some bad, but it's all connected. There's no disconnection from evil to good. A, a concept that's, I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their heads around and talking about being burned at the stake is when I would say something like, what if evil, boy, this is strong. I'm, I'm even hesitant to say it with you. <laughs> what if evil is God experiencing itself as evil? Just as good is God experiencing itself as good. There's no disconnection at all. Nowhere in this continuum is there any disconnection. It's all connected. Every bit of it. Every religion Everything beyond universes. Look at the nano. Look at the quantum. If you can dig to that level, and boy, we could have four or five podcasts and still not understand what to say about the quantum. But when you just know a little bit about it and you see the connection to how that too is connected to spirit. See, I believe you and I, when we first spoke some time ago, talking about how everything is connected, I believe there's going to come a point where through technology, we will most likely be able to contact people who have passed on. Imagine we've developed technology that you could dial up. Basically, I mean, so for a lack of terms here, you could dial up a past relative and have a conversation with them. And without a doubt, just like you're, they would say something that without question, you would know it was them. Everything's connected, man. There's no reason this isn't possible. At least as far as I can tell, I'm not an engineer like you. I see this intuitively. That's what I am. I consider myself an intuitive and that's how I operate my entire life. It's through my intuition. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I trust it a lot. I, I wish that I had those, those gifts sometimes. I think I told you I'm right now taking a channeling course <clears throat> to help develop my ability to hear. Uh, I've also told you, I think I meditate a lot. You and I have talked a little bit about meditation, but I, I meditate a little differently. I meditate and then I write what I hear back. And uh, I've done that for a couple of years now. And some really cool stuff that has come through, I think, from my son and from where else. I don't know who else sends it to me, but some interesting things. What type of meditation do you do? Um, sometimes I do guided meditations, which are from mediums that you know have sent them to me. After we have a session, they'll send me guided meditation. And usually that is some type of... Uh, deep relaxation technique where you'll meet uh, eventually a spirit guide as part of that's the point of the guided meditation i've also been uh, experimenting with the silva mind method oh yeah through mind valley took a course there and that's a different type of 
meditation, again, relaxation and breathing, but it's active where your mind focuses on a specific issue or problem and you work out the, the issue actively while you're in this meditative or theta state. Yeah. I took that course as well over there. It's really good. They did a good job. Yeah. There. I, I, I still use that. Um, I, sometimes I just put on, uh, binaural beats music oh, yeah. and just focus on breathing and nothing else and just listen. That's exactly um, what I do. And I, I, I suggested you go check out the expand app. It's uh, beyond motivation I, as they yep, say. Uh, what did. was your experience with that? I, the same thing. I just put it on and, and listen to it. Um, I still have a lot to do in terms of learning what's, what's available through it. Did you, did you do some of those that had the frequency sounds like the, the, the white noise? Yeah. 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 Those, those things, they do something to me. I remember the first time <laughs> I tried it, I was like, oh yeah, there's definitely something to this. I, I have to be careful when I do it because I, I, if I do it when I'm tired, my mind will go off somewhere and I'll come back, you know, five minutes later. I'm like, where the heck have I been? Like, I, that's the whole idea. Well, I'm not sure if I'm dreaming or sleeping or whatever, but I Does don't it matter. <laughs> Does it matter? I, I certainly get relaxed. Um, but what's been cool for me is I have this journal, right? So I'll, I'll meditate and then I'll go right to writing and the channeling course that I'm doing, you know, you, the first thing I say is, you know, what, what does my soul need to know today? I try to do this early in the morning and then I'll just write like a page. And for me, it's very specific stuff that, that comes through. I just write what I'm hearing or I don't really hear it, but what comes to my mind. Um, I went to see a medium called Rebecca Rosen is her name. She's like medium to the stars. And I figured, you know, if, if I try, uh, try regular mediums, I'd try the, the hot mediums too. So <laughs> Rebecca, right. Rebecca is not inexpensive, but, uh, we did this session where there's eight people on it and there's some synergy among the people and Rebecca's doing somebody else on the screen and I'm watching and suddenly she stops and she says, who's Matt? And I, nobody else raised their hand on online. So I raised my hand. I said, my, my son's Matt. She hadn't even come to me yet. Turns out my son was going through a uh, life review with this other guy's daughter who had committed suicide. They're about the same age. They're both school teachers. So it was really interesting. But the gentleman, I wanted to connect with him and provide him some, he was obviously in pain. She, she'd only passed away like a couple months before. And I want to share with him the orbs and the videos and, and how that brought me comfort. So I sent him, I asked the moderator after the thing was over for his name, his name was Jim, for his email address. And uh, I sent him the email with the videos and I thought he'd jump right back to me and, and you know, we could get, get a conversation going, but he, he didn't respond. And so a week went by and nothing. And then two weeks went by and I went back to Rebecca Rosen's uh, secretary there or whatever. And, and, and I asked her to confirm his address. And she said, all I can do is just tell you that you're right into the right place. Well, in my morning meditation sessions, um, my son came through and he, he told me, don't get upset about Jim. He hasn't seen your email yet. Just relax. Don't try to do anything else. Just let it, let it flow and, and, and relax about it. The next day, the next day I get an email from Jim saying, Hey Mike, I'm so sorry. Your email went to my spam folder. I never wow. saw it. I really apologize. <laughs> wow. And so we started a conversation and, and picked it back up. But that's the kind of stuff I get sometimes from Matt or whatever other 
consciousness comes through to me. Very specific things about what to do during the day. Sometimes uh, the other day about my my grandchildren, I, I I love them dearly, and I want to spend as much time with them as I can. But it's very hard because they're busy. They're eight and eleven, and I was unsure if I was going to see them this weekend. And I was debating about whether or not to bug them. And I hate to bug them and text them and ask for time. And Matt came through and said, "Hey, just relax. They're going to ask you to do something on Saturday morning. It's going to be early, so be ready." Um, about three hours later, my daughter-in-law texts me and says, Hey, you know, uh, our son, our grandson, he has a swim meet this Saturday. Uh, would, would you, would you be interested in taking him to, to warm ups? They start at six 30. So I said, no, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you think this channeling thing is and why? I mean, do you, th- I've heard that some people say that they believe, uh, everyone has this ability. Do you believe that? Well, the the lady with whom I'm taking this course, her name is Sarah Landon, and she's she's very well known. She says exactly that that we all have this ability if we if we try and tune into it, and that's all it is. Some people call it automatic writing. Um, I've read a couple books about that. Well, I but, can tell uh, you, I believe that I've been channeling for decades, and I didn't know that. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but I believe I've been doing it for a very, very long time. How do you, how do you do it? Um, to me, I've never knew how to describe what was going on, but when I would know that when I was speaking with someone, I could tell that what was coming out of my mouth wasn't coming from me. And it was always me when it was, when I was in that mode and I felt that it was always so meaningful for the person who was receiving it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was—I don't know where I would get it from. I could tell them, I mean, just mention things that I really didn't know, but that just came to me or the right thing to say about whatever they needed to hear. That's uh, fascinating. Did you ask for it or did it just happen? No, I didn't seek it. But what I did look for was just wisdom from like 17 years old to 17 year old asking for wisdom, wanting to be well, be wise. Crazy. But um, then it seemed like very shortly thereafter was when I started having experiences like that. The first time I remember I was working at a summer camp, Christian summer camp. And um, one of the kids that I was speaking to, and that was one of the most profound because it was very clear I was not the one doing the speaking. It was as if I was outside of myself watching myself. <laughs> and, um, yeah. That's what's interesting. That's wild. I do believe we all can do that if we try to do it, uh, but some people do it very unusual, different way. Everybody kind of does it differently. Speaking of Christian, are are you Christian or were you raised Christian? I was raised Christian. I'm, I, and when people ask me if I'm Christian, I say, yes, I am Christian. If you were to ask me if I was a Buddhist, I would say, yes, I'm also Buddhist. <laughs> I'm, I believe it's all connected, Mike. I don't think there's any disconnection. And the sooner we recognize that we're all talking about different paths to get to the same destination, the better off we're going to be. You know, there is no one way. My shade of gray is only one of many, even shades I've never imagined. See, that that believing that way is, though, very difficult for many people and many of the left brain folks that I, I know and love. They cannot accept that. There is only one way. There is only one truth. There is only, you know, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the light. Look, if you were brought up to believe in a Coke bottle, you were taught as a child, this Coke bottle, if you put all of your energy into it, 
It will answer your prayers. If you will do that and you do it with all sincerity, it will work. It's not about what you're worshiping. It's not an, it's not an item. It's not a person. It's not even one particular energy. It's all connected. See, from my vision, when I saw how everything was connected, I, everything I think about when it comes to spirituality always comes back to that understanding. There is no separation. There's only one of this thing. And we are it. We're it experiencing itself as us. Yeah, I've, 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 come, to, I've come to believe that. Even how you just described evil a little while ago, it, it's very, very difficult for anybody to think that God, this 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 thing that loves us and is us, would permit evil to happen, you know, somebody being harmed or how how can that be? But I I, I just gotta believe we don't obviously understand why it is or why it happens. I've entertained the idea, Mike, that and again, burned at the stake. This conversation is going to put me, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have another podcast after this one. This will be the last <laughs> one. No, but I believe that if you're, if you're separating light into darkness, I believe that the light works with the dark to put us where we need to be. So I think we do have a purpose. It's hard to find out what that is. And most people have no clue. But I believe there is a, a reason, a, something we should be shooting for, a reason why we came here, and that we asked to be nudged when we get off balance. If you're not heading the right direction to accomplish your task, I believe the light might request a little assistance from the darkness to help us get there. And, you know, darkness doesn't have to be something like a killing, you know, Darkness can be stuff like I experienced with a bankruptcy. Yeah. You know, having to start over and wondering why when my business was doing so well, then all of a sudden it seemed like a split second things fell apart. But now, Mike, had a, that not happened, I would not have pursued, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now. It wouldn't have been as, it, who knows where I would have landed. I was on my way to, to have multi-millions in my pocket. It was just a few years away is the way I had planned out mm -hmm. and it all fell apart in a skinny second and I had to start over and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I don't make anywhere near that kind of money anymore, but I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life because I know that I'm on my path and I'm whatever it is. I, and knowing what purpose is, I don't know what my purpose is. I'm just intuitively walking it. Walking the path, wherever it is, wherever this goes, that's fine. I don't need to know where the destination is as long as I feel good about the direction I'm going. Do you have any problems or conflict with your loved ones or your relatives? I do not. I have a wonderful family and I get along with every one of them. Yeah. I'm the favorite, Mike. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. I love my family and my mom and dad are just fantastic. This interview's turned into talk about Russ, but I really do. I have a wonderful family. My brother's great. I have a couple of nieces that are wonderful. I've never been married. Don't have any children. Um, that's partly why I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, man. I mean, listen, my life, everything's perfect. I am, I'm, I do subscribe to that, that everything is, it puts you, it doesn't mean that everything is rosy. It just means that you're exactly where you're supposed to be according to law, comic law, to the golden rule. We are exactly where we are because of the way we think. And, and that's exactly what I believe now. <clears throat> and even, even though there have been some challenges in my life the past three or four years, I'm I'm really happy. I'm very happy with the way things are and believe that Good for you. I'm where I'm supposed to be and what happened with our son was supposed to happen and with my wife was supposed to happen and I'm at I'm at peace with all that. So what do you think happens when we die? I think that we our energy passes, our, our body dies, but our consciousness survives and we we go back to where we came from, which is a, a different dimension or a different vibration of spirit. And our loved ones are waiting there for us. What do we do when we're there, do you think? <laughs> Crazy question. What do you think we do? It's the reason I asked this question because it goes back to talking about Dolores Cannon and she regressing these people back and just the picture that she created about all these yeah, people. Yeah. They're in school and they're learning about what they want to do and where we're you know, planning their families and friends. And yeah, it's I, wild. I, I, pretty much subscribe to that same understanding. It's not just from Dolores Cannon. I've heard it repeatedly from a lot of people. The The consistency about that existence is amazing from people that have, uh, have talked about it. Yeah. Near death experiences and stuff like that. Yeah, there's too, a medium. So, I'm trying to think yeah. of his name. That was a spiritual medium. Um, I have his book, uh, but he, he had ectoplasm was his, his, the way that he, he, uh, he spoke with, with people in the other dimension, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s. And, uh, he has recordings that they actually have recordings of people talking and they, they talk about stuff like gone to school and continuing to learn. I remember when I first started listening to this, this is when I first started dipping my toe into la la land. I thought this stuff is nutso. Uh, but it's the same, same thing now that more recent uh, mediums and more recent channels say the same thing. How do you feel about people calling you nuts? Though? Because I know that tons of people call me nuts. I know that. What do you think? Well, nobody it? called me nuts yet. Um, Not to your face. Well, <laughs> they think it. Trust me. If we start talking about stuff like this. And now listen, I will say this, though, Mike. I I have noticed back when I had my vision, I was 27 years old. That was 30 years ago. When I started talking about this stuff, I was a loner. And Nobody talked about this stuff and, and really wasn't interested in the conversation. Um, now, something's happened, and I feel like we've turned a corner of some sort. There has been a consciousness awakening amongst the collective, and it feels to me, as an energy reader, it feels to me like something's going down, different, spiritually speaking. It's something, yeah, something big is about to bust. And uh, I'm excited that we're alive now. I'm sure, listen, people have said this kind of stuff for thousands of years. So who knows? You know, who knows? I don't know. You know, I've thought about but that reading know. the Bible, St. Paul and the Essenes and a lot of the people that were alive back then were sure that Jesus was going to return during their lifetime. Right. And um, that's how they lived their lives. And so uh, you're, you're correct. There are people that have thought something big was going to happen for a long time. 
Right. And to me, maybe, maybe it's just a, a growth period that we're going through, but I'll tell you this, my, my belief is my gut tells me that the pains and all the hatred and just negativity that's going on around, um, I think it's necessary to take us to wherever it is we're going. Right? Again, goes back to everything's perfect. Doesn't mean it's rosy, but is everything's happening in time to get us to where we're supposed to be. That doesn't just happen on an individual level. It happens on the collective and as a group, as a species, as energy, we are pushing ourselves one way or the other. And I'm hopeful. See, I believe this has happened more than once. I believe humanity has been way more advanced than we are right now at some point in history. And that uh, we've probably been through this multiple times and failed. But that same thing, it seems to be as if it's going on something like that feels. I mean, how that's described is how it feels to me. So. I'm I'm hopeful. I really don't hope something like that does happen, but maybe it's just wishful thinking, you know, all that stuff. Who knows? Nobody knows. Like, I don't know what happens when we die. Who knows? All I know is this, Mike. You can't kill energy. It only changes form. Yeah. It has to go somewhere. You know, there's a, in my struggle or search as a left brain type for what I need and what people that, that are like me need is, is proof, right? Or some type of scientific proof or something more concrete than our feels, you know? And I, I came across a book called The Irreducible Mind, and it's by a group of scientists at the University of Virginia. They have a parapsychology department there, believe it or not. And they, they've done a lot of experimentation. They're out on YouTube uh, where they conclude at the end of, you know, a three-inch thick book, that there is something beyond our mind. There, there's two schools of thought, which one which became very popular during the early 1900s, late 1800s, the physical school, which said that our what happens in our brain is a function of our chemical processes in our brain, the, the nerves firing, the synapses, the chemicals, whatever. When all that stops, we're done. We're over. There's nothing beyond that. That's called the physical way of whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The other way is is that consciousness continues. And they have a number of fascinating studies where that they've done where as scientists, they've concluded that something continues and they have, they have all these interviews with children that have memories of past lives. A couple of them that have been able to be validated where the people that they remember as adults are still alive or the, or one, one child remembers flying a plane in world war two and they were able to track down the plane, the aircraft carrier, people that knew him. I saw this um, kid. It, it, it's amazing. So, I, I believe that there is a consciousness that survives beyond the brain process. I do too. I'm hopeful. It's not like we reach the pinnacle and you can't go any further. That's, that's so hard for most people, including myself to wrap our heads around. It's deep <laughs> for eternity. I can't even go. I can't even imagine past a thousand, Well, <laughs> you know, but at some point though, my, my concern is for you and I know that left brain is not going to want to hear what I'm about to say, but so far, at least in my experience, it, at some point, this spiritual belief thing, it does become faith. It has to become faith at some point. Now, yes, I'm like you. I'm looking for this proof in the pudding, but that's not what's convinced me. It's my, it's my intuition is what convinces me that it doesn't end here. All these synchronicities that go on in life and consciousness that uh, is reflected between two people. 
yes. that are really close to each other. Those experiences we have with one another shows that connectedness to to just that level of it. And it, imagine going beyond that to everybody, and beyond this universe to other universes. No, I, I I agree with with all that, Russ. I I just you know the people that I want to reach through my podcast and my efforts are the, are listening to this, saying that's that's great, fellas. But I got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> I got kids that got to go to school. So, <laughs> right. So and listen, that's the reason most people never delve into these conversations yes. is because they don't have time. It, it takes time to dig into deep thought. And most people spend their days just trying to feed the family well, I, and pay the bills. We've both been there. I've been there. Yep. So, but it, it, like, like I said, it helps me with dealing with grief. It helps me with the perspective on life. There, there's a lot of wonderful, positive, I'm happy about life beautiful benefits that I'm crazy about. Not, you know, not that we have time to get into this discussion, but another fascinating area is manifestation and how that works. And I, oh, yeah. I start my morning every morning off with a mantra you know, where I say, whatever, um, wherever I'm going, whatever I'm doing, my dominant intention today is to see what I want to see. And I've been doing that for about two months and every day I'm happy. You know, I'm seeing what I want to see. That's beautiful. I have a I have a system down for manifesting. And I actually did a podcast just on this topic. What is it? And I'll run through this real quick. It's really become about the the Russ interview. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> I'm fascinated. I am. There's a process that I discovered, and it's, uh, I believe it'll apply to anyone. And anyone who has learned anything about the law of attraction has heard something similar, but I believe there are certain pieces that have not been stressed quite strongly enough. So first of all, I think the hardest part that most people never get to is the creation, the seeing it, feeling it, smelling it, tasting it as if it's already happened, right? See that process that being able to picture in your mind where it is you want to be starting with the end in mind and seeing it as clearly as if it's already happened. That's super important. You got to do that. That part, the emotion of that has to be created. You got to see it, sit in the room. What does the couch look like? Who are you hanging around? What kind of foods you're eating? Where are you living? Uh, all this stuff. What are you wearing? Everything. If you can see that, if you can get that emotion in your mind and feel it as if you've already, it's already happened, that's the first step. Then step two is just to ask yourself every day, what can I do right now that's going to get me to that? And then get your butt up. Don't just think about it. Get up and go do it. Look, that's not magic. That's taking action, right? You, you can will this stuff into being, but it's also through taking action. And here's why I believe this works, Mike, on a spiritual sense. It's because I believe that every thought carries weight. It's an intention, an emotion. And that's what you're doing when you're creating that picture. Well, We've seen the neurons firing off, and it goes out to what I call it, God, whatever you call this thing. And it is like a computer in that it responds back according to the intention behind why we did what we did or wanted. It gives back to us always, 24-7, according to the intentions of our thoughts. Right? So if you create a good, clean picture and your intentions are good about what that is that you want to get, if you can create that emotion and you send it out to it, it has no other choice except to give back to you the opportunity to make that thing happen. You just have to be on the lookout for it. It happens 
every time. Something you might miss it if you're not paying attention. But man, people will come around. Uh, an email that you didn't ask for comes up. A television programs, a commercial, maybe that's just talking about the stuff that you were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I've been amazed at different synchronicities that have happened in my life, especially now that I'm looking out for them. Yeah. Yeah, when you recognize them. Most of the time we just go through life. Look, we're doing that in every moment. In every moment. In the core of my messages, we've got 60,000 thoughts a day. That 90% of them are the same ones we had yesterday. So we keep <laughs> rehashing these old thoughts over and over and over again, attracting the same old junk over and over and over again. Yeah. But if you just if you want to change what's going on in your life, rather than letting the environment dictate everything that's happening to you by you responding, you just react all day long, actually take control of your thought, grab one or two and set intentions with them. It's magical. Yeah, magical. That's, that's certainly a topic for a whole long discussion because I've had, I, I believe everything you said, but I, I've also listened to people say, well, you know, my niece just died in a car crash two days ago. What, did she manifest that? Is that something that, that because she was thinking the wrong things or, you know, in the answer, as I've heard from other spiritual te teachers, one of my favorites is Mike Dooley, is that yes, you know, that nothing comes into our life that we don't manifest, uh, but we don't realize that we're manifesting it. So it's just hard for people to accept that. How do, how do you explain something like that? Yeah, I think I gave you the example in one of our first conversations about um, a conversation I had with my mom, where she said, uh, when I told her everything's perfect, she's, oh, so you're saying that uh, a stillborn baby being born stillborn is, is perfect? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. But in the respect that it's sad, yes, super sad one of the most probably stressful things a parent could go through. But the reasons behind why that baby died is probably for the people who are left behind and what the lessons, lessons they have to learn yeah. their karma. Yeah. I, I know a couple that went, went through that and I, I would never want anybody to experience that nor, nor would I even ever discuss it with them. But Yes, yeah, a terrible, terrible thing yeah. to happen to anybody. But the the point of the story is that everything is happening according to karmic law or golden rule, whichever you believe or don't believe. See, we don't we don't want to take credit for the times where things are not going so great. But if you look real close, if you look real close, there's probably something going on to be paying attention to that's going to be of value to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy about the whole karma thing because I was always taught that was, you know, what goes around comes around. Uh, but how does free will fit into that? And if we plan our lives, I believe we have, we plan our lives to come into this experience and do specific things within well, free some type will of would, free will boundaries. Yeah, but free will, you're, what the reaction from the free will is what creates the karma. It's whatever attractions or aversions you have about anything is going to create karma, good or bad. So it's the attraction or aversion. So do you carry do you carry karma from one life to the other? Some say we do. I don't know about that, but some say we do. Some people say that we pay for other people's karma. 
yeah. like family members. <clears throat> That's what I mean. I don't I'm know kind of about fuzzy that. about that. About how that no. I don't pretend to even understand how that works, but I've gone down Me either. that rabbit hole and yeah. Well, you, you, neither one of us would know how to talk about it because I don't know a whole lot about it. Well, Any of that stuff that, you know, all of it to me, speculation, really. And ultimately, it does at some point. And this is what I was saying a moment ago. And it concerns me about people like you that are looking for proof. I don't know that we will. And maybe we will. I don't need it. I don't need proof. And that's the right brain of me. I trust my intuition about it. And it feels good. Yes. You know, um, a lot of people feel good about their religion. So, you know, I'm just one of many who feels good about what I believe in. So am I right? I don't know, Mike. I don't know that for a fact. All I can tell you is that I feel really comfortable where I'm at. That's good. So the information that I've received feels like it's coming from somewhere of the divine nature. But can I prove it? Not to you. Right? That's why it's such a personal thing. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on your show, Mike. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> well, Mike, you're a fascinating person. You really are. I enjoyed this, Russ. I Good appreciate day. it. Yeah, man. You have anything you want to tell us about? I know you have the Soul Unleashed available on all of your major platforms of podcasting. What else? Everything. Thank you. Everything's just on MikeNicholas.com. And as I finish the book, that'll be up there. And uh, my podcast link is there. So just, just MikeNicholas.com. That's it. Thanks again, my friend. I appreciate it. I'd love to have, have you back again sometime. Thank you. The best of everything. And once again, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Well, I'll have you... Join me on mine too here once uh once I would love that. Once we go down the road a little bit. Okay. Thanks, Russ. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Well, y'all, it's in the books. My first interview with Mike Nicholas. Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate you and you listening. I appreciate you too. It's all connected at RussJohnson.com. <laughs>